technology is advancing, data is becoming more accessible, why not harness this information and allow it to come in and do some of the things that we're currently doing manually right now so that it can free up my time to do other things. And I pro even if you're spending a lot of time now on new patient marketing, there's so much that we're not doing in our practices because we don't have time because we're filling our time with systems that we're really smartly created. I mean, I, they've really done a good job yeah. with the lack of information and technology. I see a lot of great mm -hmm. systems. And so we should pat ourselves on the back on that and just recognize it's okay to retire some of these things. This is Growth in Dentistry, a dental intelligence podcast where we ask the question, what does growth in dentistry look like to you? I'm Katie Polson, a dental hygienist and your host. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Growth in Dentistry. I'm Katie Polson, and with me today I have Weston Lunsford. So glad that you could be with me today. Thanks, Katie. Before we get started, we're going to talk about, um, I would like to invite you again to join our Facebook Dental Intelligence community and also go rate and review this podcast. We read every one of them. So thank you so much for your willingness to do that. We're finishing our conversation on team member troubles today, and... It's obvious we've seen it across the industry. We've seen it across the country. I don't think there's probably, I'm, I don't think there's probably an industry that hasn't been touched by the staffing issues going on in the country. Um, and so we wanted to talk a little bit about just with your, with the being the CEO and a lot of fantastic leader. <laughs> what advice can you give to those that are feeling discouraged right now with our current climate and the staffing shortages going on? Yeah, you know, this has been something, Katie, too, that I've I've been concerned with and worried about myself. We we see this happening at Dental Intel as well, and we feel like we create an incredible culture. We work hard as leaders here to be able to create a place where people can thrive and and be able to develop some of their skills and even learn new skills. And I I think that all owners of businesses and and leaders of businesses truly want that for their teams. It's probably if not the most important aspect of their role of a leader, mm -hmm. it's in the top five for sure. And so this climate that we're in since COVID of people coming, taking a job, and then good long-term team members and even friends all of a sudden given their resignation, it's hard. And yeah. it's, it's hard as a leader to receive that. And oftentimes, I know for me personally, I'll take that personal like I'm doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but we do have to remember that if someone's not wanting to be here and they're wanting to be somewhere else, we need to be okay with that. We want them to thrive and, um, and not just survive. And if they're not thriving here at our company or at your company right now, we just need to be okay with that. There might be things that we may need to change and we might be doing things great. So what we've got to do is figure out how to work smarter and more efficiently and uh, maybe things that we might need to change to continue to empower and inspire our team members. But Overall, I, I've just come to the realization that we're in a different climate right now. I don't know if it's going to go back to where it was before. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But um, right now, we just have to stay positive and make sure we don't let it get to us. That's hard as an owner of a company, though. It's yeah, really hard. I'm sure, so. especially some of these practice owners who, I mean, they only have three to five people working yeah, for them. Yeah, they're like know? close families. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's a dental, the dental, dental practices are like families. And it's so. not easy for the team members to go to their leader <sighs> no. and that dentist and say, hey, 
I'm, I'm going to be leaving. They're not looking forward to that conversation either. So I think it's hard on both sides, but it's, it's just the environment we're in. So we've got to figure out how to navigate through that. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would add that there's a lot knowing that you're not, you're not alone in this. I mean, there are so many different communities. You can come to DI's Facebook community. You can go to dental town. There's so many places that you can go to get to vent, to talk, to whatever it is as an owner. I mean, dentistry can be a very lonely place for a lot of people. And One thing to think yeah. about, though, as an owner of a practice or as a dentist or even associates working inside the practice, all of the people you work with right now, your vendors that you're buying software from, product from, lab companies that you're working yeah. with, they're all struggling with this, too. I mean, yeah. I've had, I was just actually talking with a lab I'm here out of Utah, and uh, my daughter's actually taking a position to go work there to in, in the uh, molding rooms. And <laughs> he made a comment saying that they're dealing with the exact same thing. So it's it's not just in dentistry either. It's across all industries. Right. And to have a little bit of grace, I guess, for the people. You hope that people have grace with you and let's have for sure we've got to be a little bit more patient as buyers too i was uh, just at a restaurant with my wife last night and i was talking to the owner of uh, this is a really kind of boutique restaurant awesome argentine food called asada and uh, i was talking to the owner there and the first thing he did was come up to our table and just said hey be a little bit patient it's been hard keeping good help here and so we're a little bit slower than normal. At least he acknowledged it. But yeah. the restaurant industry, all of us are dealing with it. So as buyers, yeah. as consumers, we've got to be a little bit more patient as well with the circumstance. Yeah, definitely. That's I I love that advice because I, I see that as well when I go out. I try to be a little bit more patient just because everyone's struggling. So. Yeah. Well, let's switch gears to data, which is what we're good at. (laughs) Automation is a great way to reduce the squeeze um, of being short-staffed. We've discussed about it at length within our previous podcast episodes. And here at DI, it's a lot. uh, We do a lot of automation, but it's all backed and very importantly by data. Yeah. And so tell us about... Well, talk to the data piece of it. You Why know, is it so for, First of all, in, when we think about automation, I really like to call it just working smarter. Yeah. And if we automate things without data behind it or intelligence behind it, we're not necessarily working smarter. We're just working. So I'll give you an example yeah, of that. We obviously, I think most of the listeners here may know or maybe they don't know, we acquired a software company called Modento, which is a full patient engagement solution. But it's got a lot of additional things such as real-time online scheduling, real-time fintech real-time treatment planning and payment options in there. Um, Obviously, it deals with confirmations and and rescheduling our past due hygiene patients or patients that are due for now. Um, It's it's got a lot of really cool tech, and it's pretty similar to a lot of the companies that have been out there. I think it was Solution Reach that pioneered that, and then all of a sudden, Demand Force came in. We saw a lot of other companies, Lighthouse, and several companies create this form of automation. And um, really, if you think about the automation they did, all of these companies, it was a, a blast out to the masses in your database. Mm-hmm. And you're hoping that the right patients, even if we understand what right or wrong patients are, would respond to us and schedule. Um, and some of that automation didn't even allow them to schedule. It just allowed them to get notified that they should call in and schedule. And we're hoping the phones will ring. Um, but it wasn't really intelligent automation. It was just I have unscheduled patients. I'm going to have this software reach out to all of them. 
And here at Dental Intel, we, we know that we've got to be smarter than that, especially with reduced staff. If we have less hygienists, if we have less assistants, and maybe we have less associates, I don't think we've seen an associate problem in dentistry. At least I haven't been aware of that. Um, but definitely hygiene and um, some assisting. Yeah. Uh, it's been down. And so if, if we're going to be automating getting patients in our chairs, we need to use intelligence to find those right patients. Mm -hmm. We've got to think about who should we prioritize. Um, we advocated this really heavily in 2019 when everyone had to close their practices for three to four months, and some, some indefinitely and some even longer than that. But um, if you guys think about this for a second, I want you to think about your active patient base. If you're a, a standard general practice out there, you probably have an active patient base around 3,000 mm -hmm. patients. And then if you think about what's scheduled, and maybe you know this number, maybe you don't. If you're a Dental Intel customer, you for sure know this number. But you probably have around 60% of those patients scheduled, which means 40% of those patients do not have a future appointment. So you might be using a solution that you call automation that's sending messages out to those unscheduled patients trying to get them scheduled in. But you only have room for maybe 20% of those unscheduled patients. If that. If yep. that. Mm -hmm. So if we're blasting out to all of the unscheduled patients, treating them all as if they're equal patients to our practice, we're really giving chance in, in creating success in our chairs where we can start really prioritizing what patients we want to send out messages mm -hmm. to. And maybe we're prioritizing, we're saying we only want to message our unscheduled hygiene patients that have unscheduled treatment too. So we can get doctor chair time at the same time we're getting hygiene chair time. Maybe we want to prioritize and say, I only want to do these type of patients with this primary pair. Because if I go to this primary pair, the reimbursement rates are way too low. So now I'm prioritizing patients by their insurance carriers instead of just any patient. Meaning focus on the patients that need the most care yeah. first. And second, those that have the financial resources to be able to cover that care. And uh, that's intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. So you need data to be able to do that. Yeah, definitely. There, There is, I've seen a lot of practices who they just don't have, they they did. We, we came out of the pandemic. Well, we're not out of the pandemic, but they we, they came out of their closures thinking they were going to have to scramble to fill yep. their chairs, but they're overwhelmed. And so yeah, working, there's they're they're understaffed. Yes, there's and they don't have chair a time. lot of patients, and maybe your practice is not dealing with that too. But you still have unscheduled patients, and yeah. so still prioritizing those patients and finding what we like to call here the right patient for your chair. Mm -hmm. It's it's so critical right now in today's environment. Yeah, definitely. For sure. And we've made this easy, right? Here, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to just talk about dental intelligence, but we've made it really easy at dental intelligence. We have a few applications like Patient Finder where you can easily go and prioritize patients. I was just uh, working, I, I was attending a, uh, an event where I was a panelist on the RIDA event that just recently um, was last week. And it was focused on reducing our dependency on contract insurance companies. Mm -hmm. So reducing dependency on PPOs and not hundred percent getting rid of them, but reducing dependency. Yeah. And so this is where data comes into play. Yeah, We can come and really quickly in dental intel and go to patient finder and separate all of our patients by insurance carriers and look at the patient value mm -hmm. of those patients within the insurance carriers and then start prioritizing, well, which patient, what, which carriers do I want to resign from on mm -hmm. a contract? But simultaneously, we can do automation at the same time and say, instead of 
I'm going to say Delta Dental. Can I do that? Yeah. Because their reimbursement that's, rates that's are horrible. That's the one that I always in use. Fact, I know in Texas, they haven't increased rates since 2010, which is crazy. And yeah. inflation has just gone up, but mm. we, we haven't seen any kind of reimbursement increase. And so if I think about that, well, if I want to prioritize who I'm going to reach out patient-wise, I'm going to exclude all those on my Delta plans mm. and prioritize first those fee-for-service patients and then those insurance companies that have higher reimbursement rates. Yeah. That's, that is some great and, and really hot topic information right now. I mean, I, I was at a woman in dentistry event last week and that was the most common question I had people come up to me and ask, how do I figure out how, what insurance to get rid of, you yeah. know? And again, through patient finder, it's really easy to figure out how many patients you have on Delta Dental. And I how just much, saw a post yeah. on LinkedIn from Berker's Health. And if you're a dentist and clinician and you're not following Berker's Health, you should go follow it. It's one of the leading in, uh, information specialists out there. They survey a bunch of dentists. This was a survey that they did on 413 responded. And they asked, what is the number one thing that you're concerned with? And uh, reimbursement rates was the number one. 72% of the dentists raised their hand on reimbursement yeah. rates saying this is a big concern. But you can use intelligence mm -hmm. to fuel automation. Don't just yeah. turn on your automation. Use yeah. data to turn on the right type of automation so that you can not fall into the trap of having patients come in your chair and not really mm -hmm. being profitable with those right. patients. Yeah. there. There's one thing that I would like to talk about next, which is a lot of people are a little bit nervous about handing over some of their existing ways of doing things. They have their systems and processes. Yes, to you know, handing it over to automation. I um, this is this is a tricky one because you have team members in your office who have literally spent decades sometimes yeah. preparing and designing and perfecting systems and processes. Mm -hmm. And um, I've seen some incredible processes that do not use technology inside dental offices. And I, I look at the individuals and this office manager who created this, and she's crazy talented. But the, the reality is there is so much that these office managers and these front desk coordinators are still not even able to get to because of these systems that they put in place occupy all their time. Mm -hmm. And I think that what we get afraid of is if automation comes in and takes this over, now what am I going to do? And the reality is if they just sit back for a second and evaluate all the things they've not been able to get to, all of the patients that have unscheduled treatment that they've not been able to deal with, putting in better systems and processes by insurance carrier to be able to make your reimbursements faster than they are currently right now so that when we submit those, so that we don't have to necessarily outsource claims management. We outsource that because we don't have the right systems and processes put in there, yeah. but they don't have the time to do that. So what I would recommend is just really pausing and thinking, okay, technology is advancing, data is becoming more accessible, why not harness this information and allow it to come in and do some of the things that we're currently doing manually right now so that it can free up my time to do other things. And I pro even if you're spending a lot of time now on new patient marketing, there's so much that we're not doing in our practices because we don't have time because we're filling our time with systems that we're really smartly created. I mean, I, they've really done a good job yeah. with the lack of information and technology. I see a lot of great mm -hmm. systems. And so we should pat ourselves on the back on that and just recognize it's okay to retire some of these things. Yeah. Let automation come in and let data drive that automation. 
and you're going to free up a lot of time to do a lot of other things. And right now, I mean, just in talking about staffing troubles, it'll create a better work-life balance for those. For that, sure. That are, are It's less pressure those. on them, right? For sure. If, yeah. if Susan doesn't, I always use Susan, that's my mom. So <laughs> that's I use my mom her too. As a, oh, is it really? <laughs> and my well, middle name. That's okay. <laughs> well, my daughter's middle name too. <laughs> Random. But when I um so I always use Susan, but mm-hmm. if I take Susan as an office manager, she's got so much she's got to carry on her shoulders. Mm-hmm. It's crazy the amount of work these guys have to do. I I was in an office, well, this was Missy, but I was in an office and I watched her navigate people at the front desk, someone on the phone dealing with an insurance issue, mm-hmm. and then people checking out. And she was the only one up front at the time. Now that's not always normal, but yeah. I bet it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. And she was just doing so much, yet she still had the burden and pressure of making sure the chairs were full um, today, tomorrow. And those yeah. are the two most important days in a dental practice. And there's always cancellations. Everyone always knows that. The doctors may not know that. But I'm telling you right now, they come in in the morning and your team members are sweating because they answer, they check the voicemail and they have two or three cancellations they need to yeah. try to fill. Yeah. Allowing automation to reduce some of that pressure too is going to really make those people Even feel a lot better. Even just to have them mentally not have that in the back of their minds. So when, because usually, typically you have your office manager, your treatment coordinator. Those are your best people yep. in the practice. They're the ones that have the best relationship with the patients. So if they don't have that in the back of their mind, those patients can come in and they can just they can spend connect more with the with patients, them. which right. is what... Which is what they are really good at. And automation yeah. is smarter. Not yeah. than people, but it has it's faster at processing things. So, for example, Katie, if I were to tell you to find the best patients to call today, you would print a list of unscheduled patients and you would sort through things. But let me tell you what automation with intelligence can do in seconds. I can immediately find within seconds through data the patients that have remaining insurance. The pay, and then sort those by the high end re, highest reimbursement companies, mm-hmm. uh, carriers that we have. Then I can find those that have unscheduled treatment. And maybe I want to filter that down because we have so many patients with unscheduled treatment that they have at least over $500 of unscheduled treatment. And that list might be too long. So now I'm going to say, well, I only want to deal with my unscheduled treatment that have the highest reimbursement rates, that still have remaining insurance, that um, are perio patients too, because I know that they're going to need some oral health care if they haven't been in here in a while. And now you've got this list down to 200 from a list of 1,000 unscheduled patients. That's a smart list. And you know that when these guys come in, they need care, they have money, they have higher reimbursement rates on the insurance, they have remaining insurance, they're the best patients to call. So even using intelligence to create a call list, but even better is once you filter it down, just send them out a mass message through automation and let them schedule. You yeah. didn't make one phone call. You might schedule 10 of those. That would have taken you three to four hours to yeah. schedule 10 patients. And they get to schedule themselves, which yeah. is really great. And that's just filling chairs. That's not, we're not, I mean, automation and payments and marketing. I mean, there's so yeah. many things. There is a lot of different things, especially when we talk about payment. Yeah. It's a pain. Oh, and no yeah. one in that office wants to call Fancy. and collect money. And you can turn on a switch and let automation, it makes it sound like Susan is dealing with it and sending out these messages. They feel like Susan is communicating with her or them for the payment. But the reality is it's just technology and Susan only gets involved if it sends it back to her because the attempts have failed through automation. Yeah. Well, there are so many ways that you can do it. We hope that you've gotten a lot out of these last couple podcast episodes on on staffing the staffing dilemma, and we just know that you're not alone, <laughs> that we feel it with you, and that uh, we hope that things get better for you and your practice.
This has been Growth in Dentistry, a dental intelligence podcast. Special thanks again to my guest, Weston Lunsford. And for questions and comments about this podcast, please visit our webpage at dentalintel.com or our Facebook community. Thank you again to our marketing department for all of their work on this podcast. I'm Katie Polson. Keep growing.